What's up, guys? This is Jacques. Welcome back to Unpopular. It's a pretty fun show today because I have Dan Allegretto on. I think that's how I pronounce his name. Sorry, Dan. He is a fellow podcaster and he kind of has a similar vibe to me. So if you like me, you'll probably like him too. I had him on to talk about the Beverly Hills premiere, but we talked for so long that it was like two podcasts worth of content. So I'm going to have to edit the shit out of that. But let me just bang out a few things here on my own before I get to Dan. So I was on Twitter the other day and I was reacting to this Beverly Hills clip where Garcelle and Lisa Rinna talk about Denise Richards, you know, the bullshit from last season. I said it was annoying that this Denise thing is being dragged up again this season, which it is, and some loser called me a racist fag for talking about Garcelle, and then I posted it on my IG stories. A bunch of you were shocked, like, oh my god, I can't believe people would, you know, tweet that to you, and I'm like, guys, didn't I tell you that the gross Garcelle stands like, trolled me all last season calling me a racist when I sided with Kyle in that charity fight that they had? Like, did you think I was making it up? The Beverly Hills fans are fucking psychotic with the fucking Garcelle's ghouls are leading the pack. They have always been uniquely horrible. Like, they're all such trolls, the Beverly Hills people. And a lot of it actually started with the Lisa Vanderpump stand, so blame her for that. They really, like, actually ruined the show for a few seasons because none of the housewives would call Lisa Vanderpump out on any of her, like, you know, misdeeds because they were all scared of her, like, Twitter fans. And the trolls are even worse now because with, like, the racial diversity that's been added into the show, now they can just call people racist if they disagree with, like, any of the minority housewives. Like, obviously, the, you know, Garcelle's ghouls are already doing it. And then we'll see with Crystal's fans. I don't know how that's going to go. I don't think I'm even going to say one fucking thing about Crystal because, I mean, I like her so far, but, you know whatever if she goes against like one of my faves and then i've got to like take their side over hers i just can't deal with like the twitter people beverly hills always does get me so fired up on twitter and like for years i've been tweeting about lisa vanderpump being manipulative or like dorit having like the worst grossest style which i actually talked about with dan and i talked about it on the hot takes and deep dives podcast that was like a fun episode that'll be out this week so listen to that but when it comes to garcelle oh my god on twitter i think i'm gonna like try not to even acknowledge like her where I can because it's not even worth it like I'll still share my real opinion here because I know you guys get it but all the psychos on Twitter are just too much like they're actually like a cult like the Beverly Hills fans they behave like fucking Charles Manson is their leader it's scary it's weird like even with this podcast I have to think to myself like oh my god a Garcelle school's gonna like take some isolated clip of me talking about her just to try and make it like sound a certain way even though I like talk the fucking same way about everybody and then are they gonna like spin it into something like oh my god I can't deal with these psychopaths and speaking of being called racist someone left me the most annoying review so you guys know that I'm obsessed with my reviews I read every single one of them I beg you guys to leave me reviews constantly like I'm not gonna act like oh my god like I don't even read my reviews like no I read them like repeatedly like (laughs) more than once okay so I'm obsessed so whenever a bad one comes up yes I do take notice and you guys have been really amazing like you've left me really good reviews like I feel like they're just like off the charts I love it but then someone the other day they wrote woo this guy is racist racist oh my god do you know how annoying that is 
Because, like, you can't- Like, I can't respond to a podcast review. It's not like a YouTube comment where I can just, like, reply. So there's, like, nothing that I can write back. And they weren't even specific about whatever it was that I supposedly said that offended them. So I can't even, like, come on here and respond to it. So I have, like, no right of reply. In journalism, you can't, like, run- You're not supposed to, like, run a story about someone that's defamatory without giving them, like, a chance to respond. So now I feel like that's out there. And I can't even say anything back. It's just sitting there with, like, zero context and me not being able to say one thing to it. Like, there was this idiot that left me a review, like, a few weeks ago, and they said I was a Woody Allen defender, which obviously I'm not. And at least I, like, came on the podcast and I just said that they were fucking stupid and, like, it wasn't true. And, like, I explained it and then it was, like, fine. We all moved on. And I know that this is just, like, one negative review and, like, 99% of them are positive, but it still pisses me off and whatever. I It's just annoying to me, okay? And I would, like, rather, honestly, if someone's, like, offended by something that I said on the podcast, like, seriously, you can just message me privately. And then I'll probably go, oh, no, you know, I can see why you thought that, but here's the further context of how I feel about this situation. Then you'll go, oh, okay, I get it now. And then it's like we all fucking, like, hold hands and skip off into the sunset and, like, it's fine. But don't leave me some fucking stupid review that's like, oh, my God, you're racist and, like, don't even have, like, any further context to it or anything. I would love to know the reason that they left this review, because I swear that in all of these cases, and I'm not even just talking about my podcast, I'm talking about other podcasts, because I read everyone else's reviews too, and it's always the smallest thing that like sets people off to leave these comments like like in my mind I'm thinking oh my god did I like join the KKK was I like sleepwalking I signed up for the KKK I totally forgot like someone found out and left a review like I'm thinking it's like something huge and then you like find out what it really is and it's just like um the person's like I saw you like Stasi's photo on Instagram don't you know how problematic that is like it's something fucking so stupid like that and then I've been like racking my brains thinking that I did something crazy and then it's just because i'm like watching the housewives of oc like so fucking annoying and this person by the way they started their review with woo like w-h-e-w woo like i said something so bad it took their breath away woo um who says that like Anybody that listens to me knows I never said anything that warrants a woo, woo. It's so weird. I don't understand who's going around writing woo. Like, you would use woo if someone used, like, you know, a really bad, like, racial slur, or maybe they were advocating for something politically that, like, disenfranchises minorities in a big way. Like, you don't just say woo because someone's talking about reality TV or they said that, like, cancel culture's lame. Like, don't just throw woo around. Like, it's too much. It's like saying yikes. Like, saying yikes is so cringe. I can't deal with it. Like, oh my God, the people that say yikes, and they do it on Twitter all the time. And it's, again, it's always over something stupid. So it'll be like a story of like, um, Kim Kardashian's socks were offensive and some loser will reply, yikes. It's like, oh my God, are you serious? Like, you should say yikes if you're walking in high heels and like you almost trip over or something and you're with your friends and you just say like yikes, like funny to kind of acknowledge it. Like, don't say it on Twitter, seriously. Don't say yikes ever. And save woo for like, I don't know, if you can't 
come across like a dead body or like you're in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Leatherface is chasing you and your friends. You make a narrow escape and then you turn to your friend and you're like, woo, that was a close call. Like you can say woo then, but like don't just throw out yikes and woo because you're offended by something. It's really, really annoying. And also all these yikes and woo people, they have the most shitty centrist politics because I will click their... fucking profile every single time and then they're just like gushing about like politicians that are like whatever exploding the prison population or like bombing brown people or something like that but then they think that they have like a moral high ground because they're going around saying yikes and woo like oh my god stop by the way these fucking fake woke accounts most of them that i follow like on instagram They would not shut up during, like, Black Lives Matter and stop Asian hate movement, right? Which is fine. Like, I'm happy for them to, like, post about it all day. Like, I agree with you. But they have not said one thing about Israel versus Palestine. And, oh, my God, guys, like, relax. I'm not getting into, like, a geopolitical debate here or, like, sharing my views on it. Like, you can have whatever view you have on it. It's fine. I'm not, like, talking about fucking Israel versus Palestine. I'm just saying that there were so many of these annoying Bravo meme accounts And they just post about BLM, like, nonstop, and they acted like anyone that, like, wasn't posting about it as much as they do. Like, some fucking Kim Richards fan, like, hasn't used their page, their Kim Richards fan page, to, like, raise awareness. And then they act like, oh, my God, you're so, like, you're not engaging in anti-racism. Like, what are you doing? But then they don't post anything about it. Like, now they're silent? Um... Like, it's so easy to post about BLM and stop Asian hate because, like, literally everyone agrees with those statements. Like, who actually doesn't agree with that? Like, the smallest fucking minority of, like, weird, racist, like, fucking two boomers on, like, you know, in a Facebook group or something that was probably banned by Zuckerberg already because it had hate speech in it. You know what I mean? But it's like, if you take a side publicly in Israel versus Palestine, there's like so many people that you can potentially piss off, you can lose followers, you're going to have like people blowing up your inbox with whatever side they are of like, actually, let me educate you on this issue. Here's a video of da-da-da and they bombed this, you know what I mean? Like, it's actually going to have to like come into your life and deal with some stuff. Whereas if you just post like BLM or like stop Asian hate, like no one says anything. They'll give just give you like a clapping emoji response or like double tap it because like literally everyone agrees with that. You also actually have to, like, educate yourself on Israel versus Palestine too. Like, it's not just it's something really easy where we all agree that Black Lives Matter and that, you know, like, people shouldn't be discriminated against. Like, if you actually want to get up on that, you've got to watch, like, footage of, like, the Gaza Strip and get different perspectives and, like, go to, like, independent journalists and then compare it to, like, the mainstream media. Like, you actually have to do some work with that. But, like, all these other issues you guys post about, it's, like, so fucking easy. Like, there's no skin in the game. Like, you're not risking anything by posting it. But then... You'll, like, judge other people and other accounts because you think that they're not woke enough. So fucking annoying. Like, honestly, just, like, get off your high horse. Anyway, anyone can post whatever they want, seriously. Like, it's fine. Like, I literally don't care. Like, post. It's, like, your page. Like, you can post whatever. Just, like, leave other people alone. And, like, don't try and come for me, like, because I don't like Garcelle or that, you know, I'm not upset by, like, Kendall Jenner's fucking tequila or something. Because then I'll just drag you and you're, like, shitty, like, hypocritical politics. Just, like, leave me alone and, like, do your own thing, okay? And I'll leave you the fuck alone. And then it's like, we'll all be happy. Um, also, can you guys leave me some nice reviews so we can bury the fucking person that wrote woo on my page? Like, I cannot have that woo review as, like, the top review when people are, like, coming to my page. And this is the US Apple iTunes. So, please leave me a nice review. Anyway, uh, let's get on to some lighter topics before I bring Dan out.
Okay, so people have been asking me to react to all of the Portia Williams stuff. I know that's like old tea now, but it's like I don't even have anything to say about it. So I didn't talk about it last week because it's like I already told you what kind of person Portia is weeks ago, if not months ago. Like at the start of the season of Atlanta, I like told you what kind of girl Portia is. So now it's all been proven. Obviously, I was right. I warned you all. If you didn't listen, that's on you. Uh, I did really want to talk about the Amanda Hirsch from the Not Skinny, Not Fat podcast getting cancelled. But to be honest, we actually don't have time because that requires a bit more of a deep dive. And if I say something wrong while I'm covering that, people are going to like whatever. They're going to say that I support all of her views or whatever. So I'm just not even getting into it. But if she's still cancelled next week and it's like still going on, uh, I will talk about it some more because that whole thing is just a fucking hot mess. Uh, I watched Lil Nas X on SNL last night. You guys know that I love Lil Nas, even though he did get pretty insufferable for a while when he kept pretending that everyone was homophobic. So people would buy his music. Such a publicity stunt, but I mean, it worked. So whatever. Uh, he performed two songs, including Call Me By Your Name, where he was just like grabbing his junk and grinding on guys it was um pretty trashy like he his pants ended up ripping and he had to hold his crotch to avoid a dick slip but even before that he kept touching himself like he was basically masturbating on stage it was really tacky and cheesy but honestly i was like happy for him because i know that every twink ever from the age of like 14 to 25 fantasizes about doing like a trashy britney spears type performance on stage like lip syncing and grinding around on stage like a whore so it was nice to see him live out that dream for all the gays i mean he is doing something we've all wanted to do, so good for him. And you know what? He's so good looking. He has an amazing body, so, like, why not? It's fun to see a male pop star kind of serving the same kind of slutty generic pop performances that every single female pop star delivers. I just love him. I feel like Lil Nas X, Lana Del Rey, and, like, HRH Collection are the only interesting celebrities right now. And maybe Caitlyn Jenner. Everyone else is just useless and boring. Uh, He also has this new ballad out, and it's so good. It actually made me emotional listening to it because it really captures teen angst and loneliness in a really kind of personal and authentic way. That song literally takes me right back to being a depressed teenager. I felt like I was in a time machine when I listened to it. And not everyone can do that because... There's, like, this Olivia Rodrigo girl. Everyone's obsessed with her, and she's done this angsty teen pop thing, too. It's awful. She has, like, some tracks that kind of sound like Paramore remixes, and those are great, but, like, 90% of her album is just shitty Taylor Swift ballads that sound like they belong in a banking commercial. Dan and I actually discussed the album a bit, but I'm editing that whole part out of our conversation because, I mean, I have to cut it down for time, and... There was nothing even interesting for either of us to say. Like, she's so bland. I don't get it. She's very pretty. That's about it. Okay, one last thing before I bring Dan out. I caught up on Mama June Road to Redemption last night, and oh my god, so good. You guys know I love this show. So much has happened since I last watched it. So, Gino and Mama June, they're definitely sober now. Like, I can't believe how much they've won me over. I thought this would be a much longer Road to Redemption, but I'm like fully on board with them. They are redeemed. And you know what? At one point in this episode, Mama June starts singing, Mama is back and she's not on crack. It's been been stuck in my head ever since. I love her. Uh, Pumpkin is pregnant. I was shocked because I actually thought it was just another fake reality TV. Pregnancy scare. You know how they always do that? It's like they... 
they have the pregnancy test and then they end it on like a to be continued for the next episode. But you're like, I saw you in the Daily Mail last week in a bikini with a flat stomach and this show was filmed six months ago. Like, clearly you're not pregnant. But she actually is with child. So that's like fun to watch. So Pumpkin's husband, Josh, is forced to go work for Sugar Bear so he can provide for the baby, like, as if their real jobs aren't just being on this show and selling boom bod endorsements on Instagram, but we're pretending that he needs a job, so... And they never actually show what his job is for Sugar Bear. He just goes in there to meet with him to ask for it. And then it's like, we don't see anything else from it. But when he goes to meet Sugar Bear, the editors put in this like Italian (laughs) mafia music over the top, kind of like the start of The Godfather when everyone's asking Don for favors at the wedding. Um, The editors on this show are just amazing. Meanwhile, poor Honey Boo Boo is fatter than ever, and she may possibly have diabetes, so we're waiting to find that out. She keeps eating junk food all episode. She's, like, stuffing her face full of cookies. She just eats shit all day, and they end up forcing her to go get a blood test to see if she's diabetic or not. You guys know that I love Alana, so I hope she has a clean bill of health and she can get her weight under control because it is... It's, like, beyond. I was posting it on my Instagram stories. I just... It's, like, shocking. Um, And in one of her confessionals, she's like, some people need air to live. Well, I need carbs. I mean, she's just obsessed with food. So, on the last episode, Pumpkin is throwing a third birthday party for Tink, her daughter. Tink is, like, the cutest kid you've ever seen, by the way. Like, she could be the second Honey Boo Boo. She's so adorable. And... Pumpkin secretly invites June and Gino to the party, while Josh secretly invites Sugar Bear and Jennifer. And then, of course, all hell breaks loose because June and Jennifer are longtime rivals. They start throwing, like, shade at each other. It's pretty funny. It's like, hmm, it looks like you've been eating a few cakes. Well, you've been eating a few yourself. And they just go back and forth like that. And then it starts escalating. And then eventually Jennifer drops the bombshell. There's a lot you don't know. Pumpkin's having a baby. And actually, that sounded Australian, didn't it? That sounded like an American doing an Australian accent, whatever. You know, when people do Lindy Chamberlain, the dingo ate my baby, that's what I just sounded like. Anyway, they all start screaming at each other. It's chaos. And that's about it. The episode ends. So I'm waiting to see what happens. Probably my favorite show right now outside of Below Deck. It's so good. All right, guys, make sure you're following me on Twitter and Instagram at UnpopularJP. Can you please share my podcast with people? That's going to help me grow. If you have any friends that you know that want to listen to it, please, like, just spam it. Post it on their, like, Facebook wall or, like, tweet it at them or whatever. Um, Post it on your Instagram stories if you like it and tag me so I can see it. Yeah, I think that's about it. Obviously, review the podcast. I've already asked you to do that, like, a million times today. Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, my guest, Dan, that was really fun. We had a really long conversation. So, actually, I did cut out a lot because we talked for, I mean, this episode's already like an hour and a half. So, we talked so much. I cut out a lot. Some of the, even like the big shot with Bethany that we did, I cut out like half of that recap because we just went so long, but it was so fun. I hope you like him. I love him. Uh, I have a link to his show in the show notes so you can check it out. Also this week, if you want more of me, I am on the Hot Takes and Deep Dives podcast. And I also just this morning actually recorded No Filter with Zach Peter. So look that up. Of course, um, I will put that on my Instagram and everything so you can find it. Yeah. So that's about it. So enjoy the conversation. Thank you guys.
Okay, guys, I have a really special guest this week. This person is a former tennis pro from New York. They oh. have a podcast <laughs> and they hang around with a lot of semi-famous people. No, it's not Hannah Burner. It is Dan Allegrado from the Dial Dan podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Jacques. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's an honor to be here because you've had so many prestigious guests on this show, like Marlo Hampton, Tamara Judge, uh, Dr. Drew, which is kind of random for me, and you know, obviously DJ Nicole Rosé. Um, so thanks for, for having me on the show. Well, I needed to have like the male Hannah Burner on. Does anyone confuse you two? You have a lot in common. No, because, like, okay, a lot. I played high school in tennis, but it was different when I did it because like... I'm from a very small town upstate. Tennis wasn't like a, an elite sort of thing. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't have my name in the newspaper quite like Hannah Burner did. Uh, I sent that picture to a few friends. They're like, don't, don't send this to me. I don't want to see this. And I was like, you have, if I saw it, then you have to see this now. <laughs> Are you a stand up comic as well? No, I've never done stand up comedy. I'm not like, Are you I don't want to be, I don't want to be surrounded by comedians. They're very depraved and annoying people. I feel like everyone in New York's a comedian or everyone in like America is like a comedian that's in the arts. Like how there's not that many funny people on the planet. Everyone's like, I'm a comedian. Like, really? Yeah. And they're not funny. Like Hannah Burner or Z-Way. They're not funny. Um, <laughs> I was going to watch the Z-Way thing so we could rip on it, but I forgot. And I don't well, even know I, enough about her to shit on it. I watched the first 25 minutes. It was the most grueling half hour of my life. The first episode. It's just, it's, it's so nothing. It's so unfunny and just treacherous i can't deal with it are there any jokes or is it just trying to like catch white people out that like don't know black history properly <laughs> it's like gotcha journalism basically and it's like the first episode has fran Leibowitz, and it's like she's a 70 year old jewish lesbian like that's who you're trying to take down like what is going on this is like depraved and i can't i can't get behind it if it was funny sure uh but it's not so I think the only thing that kind of, like, saves it that makes it funny is that she does get, like, some of the annoying, like, super woke people and then she makes them look stupid. So, like, if it's, like, Alyssa Milano or something, it's kind of funny. But when you're just going for, like, low-hanging fruit, like, you know, someone that's, like, old that's, like, probably not going to know, it's just, like, kind of lame. True. But, like, anyone that can just glance, anyone the brain can glance at Alyssa Milano's Twitter and be like, oh, you're a joke and you're whack. So, I don't need to even, like, see any more of it. So, it's... The premise is a little fraught in my mind, but, you know. I um I found you through that Caroline Calloway Red Scare video on YouTube, and I thought you were really hot. And I'm like, oh my god, who is this guy? He's so cute. I didn't get oh. that. I didn't know anything about <laughs> Caroline Calloway. I just thought you were hot. Like, <laughs> you don't need <laughs> and to. So I, started, I started Googling you. I was like, oh my god, he's so cute. And then I found your podcast, Giggly Squad, and now we're like Again. Instagram friends. Yes. You you send well, me pic you send me videos of your dog and I don't know how to respond. I, I you know, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Congratulations on being a dog owner. <laughs> so are you like a big Beverly Hills fan? Um, where do you rank it among all like the Housewives shows? I first of all, I watch every every single iteration of the Housewives. I've seen every series, every season, every episode. It's kind of like just, even Chesh Cheshire, Cheshire, whatever. I've seen Cheshire. I've Oh, I've so recently rewatched Melbourne actually that's the other weird. day or the other week I watched all four seasons in like two days <laughs> <laughs> and like my favorite can I just say like my favorite takeaway from that is Janet who is such a star during the reunion I forget her name started a rumor about her and she's like well I thought it was you that started the rumor you dumb fat bitch and like <laughs> we could bring that energy to America we'd be set 
Um, but Beverly Hills, like, I mean, the original, like, the first few seasons are, like, monumental, incredible, incomparable. It's fallen off the wayside recently, but I think this new season does have promise. So I'm excited to watch. I was I was getting really over it. Like, at the start, it was, like, the best show ever, and then I felt like it really dragged. But I've been back into it since the season when they went after LVP, because I just hate Lisa Vanderpump so much. So, when they went after her with the dog thing, I loved that. And I feel like she was the cancer of the show. So, now that she's out, I'm like, it's kind of come back to my... Well, OC is my favourite, but... Um, Interesting. Yeah, I, I um, <laughs> like. So I think good. it's so weird to not be a fan of Lisa Vanderpump because she's so eccentric Ew. and like I just love watching it. I just think like she's a psycho. House. She's well, she's so annoying. I hate. She should be. Just, they should all be psychos. Is why we watch. I know, but the fact that she does so much stuff off camera, I feel like then it was just fucking with the show and fucking with the storylines. I'm like, you're literally like ruining the sh- ruining the show. Like, go away. And sh- how many times can you say the same joke about like banging Ken? It was like ten years of the same joke in every confession. I'm like, enough. Already. Oh, but she's so cheeky. I love her. <laughs> that was British, uh, uh, not Australian. I wasn't making. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I will probably slip into an Australian accent and, and mock you because you know. Like I said, before we started recording, I'm drinking some hard cider out of a Caitlin for California wine glass <laughs> available on her online store. It was well, like $48 or two. And I was like, damn. Well, I'll, I'll do like a faggy Brooklyn, like hipster drool so that we're even. Totally. So- I'd love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who do you think has the best style on the show? I feel like there's like really, really good fashion on Beverly Hills, but like really fucking bad fashion too. It's all bad. Actually, no, I love Sutton because she's like a, a wooden barrel with like toothpicks or legs just kind of mincing around. <laughs> I love the dresses she wears that like the the white floral dress she wore to um, uh, Dorit's barbecue in the, the season premiere was just like so stunning. And the green shoes she wore with it, you know, they, they kind of like did the camera pan up from the shoe to the top and the, the uh, tassels were moving that had like the floral print on them. I thought it was like so stunning. Um, I mean, I like that Dorit has just sort of probably driven her family into bankruptcy having a glam squad. Um, Erica originally I thought was, yeah, I'm like, oh, she gets the vibe. Like she's camp. She like understands her role in the housewives and she's paying an astronomical amount of money to have these looks. But now in hindsight, it's like, oh, it's like blood money. And uh, also, I don't <laughs> think she has a really good sense of humor anymore. Like uh, I used to. Um, so I, I think don't think she ever I, really had a sense of humor. <laughs> no, I know. And I'm like, why did I ever even like this person? She's like really whack. Um, I love Reese, Lisa Rinna's like, uh, two-piece suit that looks like uh, a, like the Riddler or like that guy yeah. um, well, I wrote his name down Mark Lesko he was like an infomercial guy that had like question marks all over his suit in America I think it's like so absurd <laughs> I love I love Lisa Rinna's style from day to day because it's more casual and understated I love Erica's looks I just feel like she pulls them off like she kind of has that X factor that's hard to have where she the clothes don't wear her I feel like whereas with Dorit so cringy I always I can't stand Dorit's style like it keeps me up it drives me crazy it's so like cut and paste soulless so artificial there's like no personality behind it the designer logo is hideous Garcelle's style is so bad, although everyone, will call, I'm already getting called yeah. racist this season for pointing out her style. So that fucking Chanel thing that she came down in, and it wasn't even, they weren't even going out. She dressed like that for a home scene. It's like, I know, she so it's like a, a candy cane. And the thing is, Garcelle does not need to try that hard. She's like so naturally just like, 
beautiful, gorgeous. She was like a teen model, you know? She, like, has yeah. it, you know what I mean? When she dress dresses, like, normally from day to day, like, she looks amazing. But then when she gets it in her mind that she needs to, like, do the glam squad like a Beverly Hills thing and she can't pull it off and it's always a misfire, like, that fucking suit she has with the top knot in the confessionals. Oh, she yeah. Has, like, I do like that white collar on her, but I do have to say that, like, there's a weird trend in Beverly Hills where, like, the women have to all put, like, as many clips in their hair as humanly possible. Sometimes they even, like, spell out things. And I'm like, yeah, ladies, tone it down. It's not effortless, you know? It's not like New York. It's, like, where it's like, oh, God, we have to do 20 things a day. They're, like, they live 50 miles apart from each other. God knows where Garcelle's home is. It is, like, in, like, Arizona. Yeah, it um, looks like it's in Vegas. I was looking at that, and that's what yeah. I thought. I'm like, <laughs> it looks like the I- model home in like Arrested Development. It's so crazy. And also, none of them live in Beverly Hills. It's like uh, they're all in the valley now, which is like really fucking bleak. <laughs> I was so annoyed with that conversation with Garcelle and Lisa Rinna about Denise because one, I'm like, why the fuck are we still talking about this? Like again, and I felt like they were both playing to the audience because I felt like. Garcelle was just, now Garcelle's got the Twitter people in her head, so whatever fucking Twitter says, Garcelle's going to do. And then Lisa Rinna's kind of, Lisa Rinna does this, like, occasionally, like, every few seasons where the backlash gets really bad, so she, like, will apologise. And she's like, oh, you know, I was, she said it to Lisa Vanderpump, I remember a few seasons ago, she was like, I'm sorry I was hard on you. And I'm like, I think Lisa Rinna was in the fight. <sighs> so, what, I feel like they were both playing to the audience, and it kind of pissed me off. Well, I think that Garcelle, this is probably her, she can actually shine this season because the first season she was living in the shadow of like Denise Richards' drama. And there's no way around that because like the Beverly Hills shit was so boring and there was nothing else to talk about. Um, and I don't really think Garcelle is that out of line. I think that like she rightfully doesn't trust Lisa Rinna, who is like a scumbag and like will say shit to stir up drama because she knows she's on TV. It's like a, Lisa Rinna is interesting to me because like in certain ways, she's kind of like Ramona Singer where she can't get out of her own way and she's like not aware. But then suddenly she'll be like super aware, like, oh, I'm on TV. Like, I have to stir up the drama. Like, I'm going to be the crazy one. And then she does. And then like can't really take responsibility for it. And Garcelle clocked that um, being like, oh, as soon as Lisa sat down, she was just trying to like apologize so profusely so quickly that like you know she knew she was wrong but like when has rina really called someone out that like doesn't deserve it like it's when someone's like doing something shady like lisa vanderpump with the kim richard stuff she was right about all of that i mean pretty much nothing she said about kim wasn't true um she was right about like the the manner in which she does it is like psychotic yeah you're right it's true it's it's not like she she didn't come for eileen like she didn't you know what i mean like if someone's like cool and doesn't have like skeletons in their closet and they're nice or whatever like she won't drag you but it's just like if you're like hiding something and kind of like fucking up the show then like she's gonna bring it out right but the way lisa does it it seems out of character for her she's like playing it up she's like okay denise okay she's <laughs> clapping like they showed the clips of lisa just acting like gaslighting like, gaslighting exactly that's what i'm talking about it's like this this is not how a, a woman of your age speaks this is like actually younger than your own daughters um <laughs> It's just she's trying to play a different person to sort of uh, stir up stuff to maintain relevancy on the show. And I don't think she necessarily has to do it because she has enough of like a a, a, a clout. She's done interesting things. She does have a place on the show, but she's going to run herself into the ground if she keeps acting like a fool and dressing like the Riddler. (laughs) 
I just I just think there's like they just really need her because you know what at the end of the day people can be like oh my god she's so mean she's so messy she's whatever but there was that one season where she sat back and she's like I'm not going to do anything and it was probably the worst season I've ever seen of maybe like any housewives show it was like I think it was the first season when Teddy came on oh and god I Lisa- forgot she even existed oh god yeah, Le- Le- oh my god I love Teddy I'm like a Teddy stan. What? How? 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 Because I just say teddy bear, Jock. Don't say teddy bear. bear. (laughs) She um. I just like how she just called people out. I just feel like she was just keeping it real, and I like her weird sort of like type A personality and like how uptight she is and everything. (laughs) I just thought it was really interesting. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's on you. I I really don't. I, I mean. I can see the merit in, like, most everyone on The Housewives. I'm like, oh, I get it. But, like, Teddy truly was on the show for... She should have been a one season and then gone. Like, honestly, she should have been. She got better. She was like a fine wine. She got better with time. Every season, she just reached a new height. I love Teddy. What do you think of Garcelle always coming for Kyle? I just think it's really weird. Like, even on the premiere, she's like, I named my fish kyle because it's so ordinary it's like <laughs> kyle doesn't say anything about you like since garcelle came on the show she's always after kyle it's like kyle's done nothing to you i don't know i think it's great i think wasn't there like a weird moment on like a vacation they took where kyle did something weird i, I don't remember because last season no, I, but- I can't remember it was so painfully boring and it was like pandemic shit I'm like i've erased that like chapter of my uh, life like like <laughs> no la- last season so Last season, Garcelle was like, um, you know, you haven't tried to get to know me, Kyle. And Kyle's like, what are you talking about? Like, I had you at my house before anybody else did. And then they, like, rolled the footage of Garcelle at her house. And Garcelle's like, oh. Like, she, I she's just making things up. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't like her. <laughs> Can we um, talk about that fishbowl for a second? I've, I mean, <laughs> so there's two fish. There's a goldfish and there's a, a similar size fish, very small. It's a white fish with, like, black dots on it and that she's named Dorit and she tells Dorit she's named the fish Dorit and then the, the ordinary fish is Kyle but the fish is uh, the fish tank is like this weird like half circle suspended by glass and there's no plants or rocks in it and I feel like it's actually animal cruelty like these fish must be so confused there's nothing for them to interact with or even like look at it's like she just bought the fish for the show to ha- like have that bit so she could go I named this fish ordinarily you know Kyle because it's ordinary it's like she just like wanted a fish bowl for the scene she probably like flushed it down the toilet after she very well may have um I was I mean I was I wasn't impressed with Garcelle's first season of, uh, appearance, but like I do feel like she's going to come in like guns blazing this season, and I'm waiting uh, for more episodes to see. I don't think that's going to happen. I think she is all talk. Like she said in her confessional, she was like, Rina just doesn't want me to come for her. Like, no one's scared of you coming for them. Like, you're not that girl. I think that she's going to talk a big game in like the confessionals and everything, and it's going to like fizzle out, but we'll see. Um, do you think yeah, Sutton's broke? Maybe. Because I- I don't believe that Sutton's as rich as she's making out. And then the fact she's living in Kyle's old house with, like, mates rates, discount. Okay, I am now starting to think that Sutton may be broke. <laughs> and I'll yeah. tell you why. Because, okay, she lived in this house. Uh, there was a pr- uh, She said she sold it for, like, five... Or no, sorry, it was, like, low seven millions. And then she's like, but I bought a new house for, like, high five millions. And in between, she's, like, renting this house for, like, $20,000 a month. I'm like, why would somebody need to downsize... For two million dollars, like, and her house before was like cute. Think about how much it costs to move all that stuff, all that furniture, all mm. that art, all the closing costs, all the shit. Like, if you weren't like penny pinching, 
that like $2 million shouldn't really matter. Yeah. And, you know, Brandy last, last year, I think on her podcast, Brandy kept alluding like, I know Sutton, she's not as rich as you think. She's got skeletons. Like, I think Brandy was trying to plant the seed of like, bring me back and I'll like Rose Sutton. But like, I believe Brandy when she says that, like, I feel like there's tea on Sutton. I've been desperately trying to interview Brandy. And mm. when I eventually get her on, I'm going to be like, okay, what's the Sutton tea? <laughs> What is a Sutton tea? I mean, so from what I remember, she was married to a very successful man. She grew up without any money, but then like with her divorce settlement, she was able to live a very, very nice lifestyle. Um, So good for her. I kind of, I mean, that's kind of my dream because I can't make my own money. I'm just like too useless and stupid. (laughs) Listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, subscribe to the Dial Dan Patreon. So please stream. I've had a lot of great guests on. (laughs) <laughs> you will. But I'll plug. I'll plug the Patreon at the end. It's actually it's really good. I'm like into it. I think Thank I only you. subscribe because I wanted to hear the Chris Crocker thing because yeah. you were like flogging that all over the Instagram stories. So I'm like, I want to hear this. And okay, I listen, like, and I'm like once a day after not flogging all over. Like, Chris <laughs> has become my friend after uh, we started doing. He's, he's been on like three or four times by now. Um, yeah, and no, it's a family affair. <laughs> um. So, how do you feel about, like, Erica's situation? You know, I'll be honest, I actually don't have, like, I'm just like, well, whatever, like, the verdict is, like, I'll believe. Like, I'm kind of over it. Like, I'm not into, like, the minutiae of the case or anything. Like, are you, like, really wrapped up in it? No, not really. Um, I, uh, I mean, there was, like, an article that came out, like, yesterday or two days ago that's, like, the victims, okay, so, like, the plane crash that happened in, like, somewhere uh, <laughs> the victims never saw the money the settlement because like tom girardi like hit it away all the stuff and they're like oh it's really hard to see erica flaunt her wealth on the show I'm like well yes it should be hard i'm sorry but we need to see this that's how we kind of make up our mind that's how the public opinion yeah. gets swayed i don't think she really knew what was going on until like the pandemic hit and then she kind of started i mean the divorce seemed crazy because like she uncovered a text message from like a flip phone like four years ago <laughs> that yeah and then but that suddenly was one she'd been holding on for a long time and then she put it out there it was right very weird. and then suddenly tom has dementia suddenly he's in the conservatorship of his brother and she's like oh no and i mean their house is also listed on the market they haven't even paid their mortgage off which i feel like is weird for like an 80 year old like successful lawyer if you're a multi-millionaire like you should pay off your house by the time you're like about to die <laughs> like it's just that's yeah weird. also i don't know how like rich people live really so maybe it's not that weird but i feel like that's i would pay in cash for a house and then just be yeah, chilling and then, I, you know what i mean yeah i don't really think that she knew i mean i just feel like they had separate lives and then they came together when they had like a business function or whatever and she had to play wifey and i think besides that it was just like a business arrangement i doubt she knew um although i don't know you know i was re-watching um i was re-watching blue jasmine not that long ago with kate blanchett love that movie yeah and she kind of knew didn't she wasn't that the twist at the end i'm trying to remember um oh no no she knew but she swept it aside like people would make comments to her and they'd be yeah. like and she sort of knew but she just ignored it like it was just like you know ignorance is bliss so because right, your whole world will crumble once you start to go down that rabbit hole yeah, and there's a there is a difference between like, you know, my husband's like doing some shady business dealings, and my husband's like ripping off like 
orphanage burn victims in like Indonesia. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I doubt she knew like the specifics of it. She probably just thought, oh, he's whatever fudging his tax return or something, you know? <laughs> right. And if you're an older man trying to keep a woman 30 years younger than you, you don't want to seem like a weak person. So you're going to hide all of your demons away from her mm. and keep her going. Also, like it's crazy because like I don't, there's no way she's made a profit off of like the whole Erica Jane project. You know what I mean? Like her glam squad, her like creative director who looks crazy this season by the way with all the fillers it's like in a wind tunnel just kind of has like a weird like ju- <laughs> it's like judge judy from like you know the temple up and then like a like clean it's it's really weird uh like that costs so much money to run she's not turning a profit on that she did the chicago the broadway show i you know whatever she got paid for that was probably gone on like how much a private plane costs to and from new york like one time you know what i mean like the hotel yeah. you know yeah, the overhead is, like, so much. Because she has done a lot. Like, she did, like, a shoe-dazzle deal. She did, like, she's done a book. She's done Chicago. She has the music and stuff. But she spends so much fucking money, like... Oh, yeah. Hemorrhaging money constantly. And I don't know where she lives now. I was... I would have really liked it if she was actually living in, like, a like a dingy apartment. Like, I would love it if it was, like, a Lori Housewives of OC kind of uh-huh. moment, you know? <laughs> she's living with How Gina in, in a bunk bed. <laughs> Yeah, like, that'll be so good. Um, So, Garcelle outed Andy as a power top. Did you know Andy was a top? And do you have thoughts? I mean, I could just gather that. Well, I mean, like, before I knew, because he's, like, hit on some of my friends before, like, on the street. And I'm like, damn. I'm like- On the street? Yeah, like, outside of the gym, they both went to. And I was like, um, and my friend is, like, super faggy and, like, femme. So, I was like, okay, I know- what he's into but it's like weird because like um that's not weird it's just like interesting because i could have gone like two different ways not to like make everyone's like sexual desires like a complete binary but i was like maybe because he's so powerful and he's like in charge of so many things that he like would want to just be like tied up and like humiliated i would understand that a lot of powerful businessmen are like that well straight guys i guess but um but i think that he's he just has like a lot of energy and he wants to like dominate twinks so, it was a him. lot of energy. Yeah, like yeah, well, endless he, energy. I'm like, oh my god, how do you do? Like, watch what happens live every night. I'm sure, like all of the every Bravo person has his phone number, his personal phone number, and it seems like they text him and shit. I'm like, damn, I can't. Do you have, think like- he does coke? I don't believe. Yes. I don't think he's like. I don't, I don't think he's like a cokehead or anything. I think he probably dabbles. Uh, yeah. <laughs> If you're recording Um, a show at night and you've been up all day, it's like, you know, just, all right. It's like having a cup of coffee. I don't think Coke's that weird. I don't think he's like addicted to cocaine, but I've, you know, well, Kathy Griffin said that, you know, he kept offering her Coke, which, uh, I think she's such a liar though. I don't believe any, she's a terrorist. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, (laughs) she didn't like her old president. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's the worst. Um, I used to love her too. And I'm like, every comedian just turns into the most pathetic lib ever. I'm like, God damn. Like, get a different hobby. Yeah, it's... Make art, you know? You don't need... We don't need your political insights at all. You're rich and just out of touch. Who cares? I know. Well, you know, it was really sad as well. But the thing is, like, when all of that happened, I kind of realized, like, she was never really that funny, I don't think, as a comedian. You would more listen for the gossip. Like, you want to hear the story that she had when she went to, like, some dinner and she sat next to Sharon Stone or whatever. It's not so much... It's more, I feel like, the gossip. And then... With that whole, like, <laughs> banning Trump and stuff, it was just, like, 
it was so desperate because it was like, oh, my God, you so want to get in with this, like, Stephen Colbert, like, anti-Trump, like, late-night crowd now because it's, like, what's popular and it's just, like, you can't even pull it off and now you just look like this desperate hag that's, like, clawing at relevancy instead of just doing what people liked you for in the first place. Exactly. I mean, her reality show, Life on the D-List with her parents, was, like, charming and sweet, but, like, I I do think there's no way she knew how big that photo shoot with the Trump, the bloody Trump mask would have gotten because it's so low budget. It's, like, literally not even, like, college freshman. It's, like, high school senior. It's, like, so bad. <laughs> so dumb. And I was like, this is what's it's just, like, bad art. And, like, just let it go. And, like, ugh, God. Well, and it was so, I was so annoyed by it, though, because, like, after I mean, I didn't really care that she did it or whatever, but it was like afterwards with the way that she played the victim. So she's out there playing the victim, like I've been cancelled, but it's like she's on like a sold out tour about like holding his head on the poster and like booking like spreads in variety and back on TV, but then her whole thing like she's pretending she's cancelled. It's like you literally weren't cancelled, like you've turned this into like a whole thing. <laughs> it's like yeah. made you like relevant again. How much do <laughs> like, Australians think about American politics? Like I couldn't even name like do you guys have like a president, a chancellor? What's we, going on over there? I've no idea. Um, and I truly don't We care. have a prime minister. It's really boring. Prime no, minister. Really I was kinda of looking for that. Yeah, and I um what's their name? <laughs> Scott Morrison. That's how to never heard of it. Never heard of Scott <laughs> yeah. Morrison. We call him ScoMo, because um, we shorten everything here. <laughs> hey, no ScoMo. I don't know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even pay attention to Australian politics, really, at all. It's so boring. Like, at least in America. Like, American politics is so gross, but it is. they're all kind of like- It's beyond theatre. It's beyond parody. The fact that anyone pretends to care, I'm like, guys- Come on. Yeah. Like, but every everyone looks like a like a wannabe kind of celebrity. Like they they're all kind of like like a failed news anchor or or something. So they kind of have like this gross sort of like star quality in the loosest terms where like literally every Australian politician is just kind of like an old fat balding like white guy and they all look the same and they all dress the same and there's no like char- like we don't really have characters here. Like you've got like you know, you'll have like Cuomo and you know Palin, and you know just like these bizarre Love Palin, people. By the way. Yeah, <laughs> we have these like you have. Yeah, you just have all these strange people. Like we don't have that here, so it's just boring. Well, that's too um, bad. Yeah, We've got, I think we have a lot more problems though. I think you, you guys do. run a tighter ship over there. There's a lot of chaos in America, so oh, for sure, it's like. It's so depressing when I look at it. I'm like, oh my god, how do you guys deal? I can't. I don't know. It's like such a gross hellhole. Um <laughs> well, that was super cool though, you know. I don't know. You diverse people, split. diverse landscapes. I try yeah, to oh, focus no, I, on the good, but uh, I'm also no, a I love, person, I'm so upset. not really. <laughs> I'm kind of obsessed with um the wait, what do you call it? Whatever, like the wilderness and stuff. Like you're like national parks and everything like yeah. that. Because I really like outdoors stuff. So I actually haven't yeah. been to America, but I'm like f- dying to get there just because I want to see like the lakes and the parks and the mm-hmm. mountains and everything. Like I just yeah. want to be like a hiking gay. And there's so much I haven't even explored. I've never been to like the Southwest or even like I've been to LA once. But other than that, I've been in New York State literally my entire life. I'm 32 years old. I went, grew up in upstate New York. Went to college in upstate New York. I've lived in New York City for 10 years it's like uh you know but it's so hard to get around it costs a lot of money too and i'm not i know putting my mask on for six hours to fly either i think i would actually die <laughs> how old are you by the way 33 <laughs> wait you're older than me 
<laughs> yep. Are you serious? I'm 32. I'm turning 33 in September, but like, I literally thought you were like, like early 20s. I swear to God. Oh my God. Like, well, thank I would have said max 26. I, what the fuck? Because you don't drink or like smoke, right? Yeah, I don't drink or smoke. Um, I used Jesus to smoke Christ. a lot of weed. That does stuff um, to your brain permanently, by the way. Brain damage. Well, I know. I, um, <laughs> what are you saying? No, I, I'm just I saying did- weed causes brain damage. It's a gateway drug and it's very bad. And I think listeners should stay away from it. I, um, I did drugs and stuff when I felt like, cause I moved out of home <clears throat> really young. Like I moved out at 16 and, um, came to Sydney. Is this like a teenage was- runaway situation or just like you got like good grades and went to college early? No, I didn't finish high school or anything. I dropped out like really early. Oh, that's such I- a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, this is. Retarded. I can't believe you don't have a husband. <laughs> I'm like, neither can I. Seriously, I don't even have like, literally, I don't even have like high self esteem or confidence. But then when like someone rejects me, I'm like, really? I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, literally, like I'm putting it out there. But I think I'm just like, I'm just like zero to a hundred. Like I just like hate everyone. Then when I like someone, I'm like, let's get married. So that's okay. probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably doesn't work. I'm just like very committed. <laughs> well, loyalty is very important. It is. You don't see a lot um, these days, unfortunately. Yeah, I was actually listening to this other podcast that I just got into recently. Um, this gangbang pod that's like these two fags, and um, they were like shitting on heteronormative gays. So like you're not going to be that girl. Like, you're, you're not going to meet this guy and get married. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel, like, very attacked right now. They're like, go out and get fisted and do drugs like the rest of us. I mean, we all have our own path, our own destiny, our own fate. It's, how do we know how we're going to get there? We don't know. It, it might be through getting fisted. It might be through going on 90-day Beyonce. Like, you know, who knows? You have to you have to try everything, I guess. It could be getting fisted by Andy Cohen, the power top. Yeah. Do you think do you he's, think a he's fisted anyone? Nah, I mean, I could I could see him like pretty much doing anything really because he seems <laughs> like he has many... no fear, which I do people why I kind really of drawn to him. Do people really fist though? Like, I don't know. I feel like it's this thing that's like it's in pornos, but like, how many like real people are actually fisting? Like, do you fist? I do not fist. Um, it just, <laughs> it, you can't just like decide to do it one day. I think you have to like work yourself up to it, and it's like uh, you got to really want to do it. Also, I just feel like I. Well, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do either. <laughs> well, I just, I. You look like you have uh, big hands, probably. I'm, so you're like I'm six foot two size. with a beard. I'm six two, yeah. Oh, they're not. I'm, I'm Shrek, basically. Um, so the Real Housewives of New Jersey reunion. <laughs> Speaking of fisting, <clears> um, I thought this was better than the entire season, actually, because I stopped watching the seasons. I hated it. Did you like it? I don't know what the fuck I like anymore. I just, I sit down and I watch it. But I did like the reunion. I liked how Jennifer was really going for Margaret so hard. And I thought it was like, she can't be, Jennifer is like really starting to become one of like my top tier favorites. Because I love the like plastic surgeon's wife in Paramus, which (laughs) Margaret shaded her for. Because I know her premises. It's not like. Everyone's told me that it's like, it's pretty like low whatever it's not that but she lives on top of a hill you know it's it's definitely her house is huge but it probably costs half the price of sutton's downgrade you know what i mean probably two probably in the twos we're talking about two millions maybe low threes now probably like mid no like low twos um but she was like you know uh 
uh, Margaret was calling her out for some shit. And Jennifer's like, you wouldn't know family if it pulled on your pigtails. Because, like, Margaret's, like, destroyed families and, like, can't keep her own kids around. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, um, people love Jennifer now. I've seen the fandom thing building around her, so I knew it was coming. I can't stand her, but I do, I do agree that she's good at a reunion because she's, like, that typical petty housewife that's, like, sitting on Twitter and, like, making notes in a notebook and then probably conspiring with Teresa and she's, like, really, like, ready. Like, she's studied for this because she doesn't really have anything else going on. So, I feel like- but she did- didn't make a notebook melissa admitted to finally after you know she said you know she made notes the first two seasons and then she stopped and then now this season she made notes and she didn't really have much to contribute i like melissa because i like joe i like joe gorga more than melissa i like because i like to see joe that's what we like we want a man that like vehemently doesn't want us to work i'm like <laughs> Thank God that still exists. Because that, I mean, hey, <laughs> I can podcast well, I, twice a week and be fulfilled. You know, I don't need much more than that. I can I can clean a kitchen if I have to. And I would. That's work. It's actually work. I uh, I think Joe Gorga is like the most entertaining person on the show. He Probably Joe Gorga and Danielle Staub. Everyone else I don't care about. Like, I only care about Danielle and Joe. And then oh, without Danielle such a queen, this season. Yeah, I love her. Have you yeah. watched her? Okay, so, I I have not, but, like, she uh, will go on Instagram Live and watch The Housewives. Have you not I've watched seen, any of them yet? I've seen clips, and I'm just like, this is too menacing. This is too disturbing. I don't think I can do it. <laughs> I don't want to enter her world. Because she's, like, a codependent narcissist, and I've known too many in my life, and I just... I, I am very susceptible to that because uh, I can't believe people could like behave like her, but they do. And uh, I am like, I can't even get involved. Can't get, ta- can't get tangled in the web. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, she's a lot like that's like with um, Hannah Burner on the last season. People are like, oh, my God, I think she's like just being fake. I'm like, I think she's actually like this because I know someone that's exactly she's like, like a, Hannah Burner. She's like in- this all the time. I was so vindicated this season of Summer House because like everyone's like, oh, she's like the cool girl. I'm like, no, she's just brunette and she claims to be from Brooklyn. She's actually kind of not. She tricked everyone by having, you know, like an angle of like, I'm a comedian and a podcaster. I'm like, no. This bitch is not looking out for anyone besides herself, and it's tragic because, like, you should be, because um, mm. we all need each other. Hello, like these are your friends. They in- invited you to their house. It wasn't like her, you know, really planning all the summer house shit. It's like she was a guest and she treated everyone like uh, total crap, and I-, I thought it was undignified and disrespectful. And yeah, she's she- not coming back. I have a friend that is literally like a. F- cut and paste of Hannah Burner. So I'm like, this is not um get rid fake. But yeah, I actually just did recently the other week. I'm like enough. Good for you. Yeah, and now it's like I'm getting screaming toxic text messages. I'm just like, this is not my vibe. Like I really don't no, like drama. <laughs> Stop. It's like can we just be like cool? Like, can we just like not be friends but like not be like arguing about it? Right. Um, yeah. She has like two speeds, either like you're with me or you're against me. It's like, no, yeah. just stop being fucking weird and like rude to everyone. It's like literally it's like fine. Because everyone wants to like her and she just makes it literally impossible. Like Amanda's yeah. given her um, infinite chances. She fucks it up. So Every time. New York. I don't know how much I have to say on New York. I don't really get why everyone hates Leah now. I like her. I think she's cool. Um, I think it's funny when she was calling out Ramona for lying about the plasma. <laughs> yes. Okay, here's the thing. Like, Leah is, I think, actually whack. But because of the <laughs> the crew that I run with, I know that this summer I will meet her. And I could have gone to the fucking party, the screening in 
downtown. The Cat Marnell Hosted body. by Cat Marnell, who will be coming on my show soon. But, like, I, I literally could have, I should have been there where I was upstate visiting my family. Uh, and I just, I, her, she's like, I don't, I don't know her, her MO. It's like very, like she's it's it's confusing because i think she knows better than to like do all this woke bullshit because she listens to my friend's podcast red scare she is a fan she's said it publicly so she knows that all this like stupid ideological bullshit is just talk but then she will like perform that on the real housewives because she's surrounded by like conservative leaning women and so it like gives her an upper hand in arguments. So that comes across as like very fake to me. And I'm like, well, you could just ugh, not do that or like level them in a different way that doesn't make you seem like stupid and, and, and I don't inauthentic. Think, no, I know. I totally know what you're saying because I, I've always really enjoyed her political views from before because I like that she didn't vote in 2016. She was like, these candidates are just like gross. I'm not voting for either of them. Yeah, um, don't vote. And yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> and I, um, <laughs> she was on another podcast and they tried to like catch her out, right? They were like, um, so, you know, you've said some really offensive things about like, you know, the Me Too movement. Do you want to address it? And, she, like, clocked them. She actually was explaining. She's like, no, what I was actually doing was criticizing, you know, the narcissistic celebrities that hijacked it from a black woman who I actually had on my podcast. Like, she was really, like... Exactly, she, yeah. She had all her ducks lined up. But, I mean, I still think she is... I think the woke stuff that she's doing on the show, I think that's authentic. I um, I don't think she's being performative. I just think she's sort of, like, more nuanced. I think she kind of has, like, a foot in, like, each world. Because she was calling out Heather, Holla Heather, on this other podcast I listened to. <laughs> she said that Holla Heather's, like, this, this woke, like, girl boss loser. So... <laughs> oh, it's kind of, you know, the pot calling I, the kettle black. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hate the tagline. The tagline's horrible. The, um... Oh, I'm sex, sex positive, positive bullshit negative. negative. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's also not sex positive because, like, she can't get any of the guys she's texting to, like, fuck her. They're like, <laughs> they, she, like, sends nudes and they, like, text them to, like, Reddit. And she's like, uh oh, but I'm still going to text him. Like, what are you doing? You're like, not as strong as you think you are. But she also is. I, you know, she struggles with sobriety. I mean, I, she said she didn't for like 10 years, but, you know, last season she was drinking. It got weird. Um, so I commend anyone that can like maintain sobriety on a show like this, because I cannot even imagine it's, it would drive, even thinking about it makes you want to just, you know, drink, drink a bottle, you know? <laughs> so what was I getting at? I don't know. Uh, well, I want to ask you about Ebony because I'm like, I keep okay. going back and forth with Ebony. She doesn't talk like a human. She talks like a robot. Like you know, she's something- a politician. She should be a yeah. politician That's or you know, like uh, Bethany Frankel kind of just no, no. She should be a politician. She she doesn't uh, have a sort of moral backbone that other people have. She's very calculated. There's not necessarily anything wrong with that. It's just uh, we don't know where she stands in any way. She's like on Fox News talking about how like it's a shame that there aren't American flags on yeah, I said campuses. Respect the flag. 
and which i actually kind of get it's weird but like i don't care like i really i truly don't care i don't care what the fuck happens on college campuses anymore but the flag yeah. i don't care about the fucking flag i but feel like she, it's so low low vibration or whatever that saying is to like care about what's going on in the college campus like you know i graduated literally uh <laughs> and so i'm over it uh and you know she kind of picks and chooses everything and she does everything a la carte and we're going to hopefully see the fact that like, I mean, her and Ramona and uh, Leah went out to dinner last night at Indochine. I saw that on Instagram stories. So like they've clearly formed a bond. Um, and like, even before this season aired, I noticed that like Ramona and Ebony were hanging out one-on-one. I'm like, these are the two people that like should not <laughs> get along but like maybe ebony gets the vibe and like ramona is so intoxicating and entertaining like she can sort of sit back and be like i'm gonna watch this person just like run in their hamster wheel and be the most psychotic person uh, i could ever imagine and she gets entertainment from it but like if she's gonna act like she's uh offended by ramona's uh, ramona's political beliefs it's like you can't have it both ways you have to like actually if you're gonna be friends with someone you have to like sort of stand up for them in in some way you can't I'm just still, like be detached i'm still trying to figure out with <clears throat> ebony you know how she, you say she's like a politician i agree but i'm like maybe she's like this all the fucking time like maybe there's actually no off switch like maybe this is her oh no there's not no at a certain age like that's just who you are she is that's who she is yeah she doesn't like go to bed and just like like oh i'm done it's like yeah her whole life is crafted around um, her image, her identity, and like how to sort of profit or get forward from it. And she's a very intelligent That's, person. I mean, she, yeah. um, whenever I want to upset myself, I go to Z Way's Twitter and watch like clips of her show. And it was like Z Way interviewing her. And she's like, Oh, when I was 16, I went to like UNC Chapel, which is a very hard university to get into. And like as a 16 year old, obviously you graduate high school at 18. So like she's yeah. clearly super intelligent, super bright. Um, so she's she knows what she's doing at all times. That's just how she operates. She's probably a Virgo, also like us, like <laughs> fake uh, opportunist. Um, <laughs> I'm not fake. I'm, I'm open about self-talk. it. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're fake either. I don't. Think I, um, Do you think I'm fake? <laughs> um, no. Like, one to ten, how fake? Just kidding. Please don't answer. No. <laughs> Are you like hypersensitive, like me? I like. <laughs> Uh, that's the thing i fluctuate i'm like orbiting like i'm oh i'm tough i don't care and then i'm like oh my god i care you know don't, don't <laughs> fake. but i'm not fake i know i'm not fake i'm like i'm just not fake oh my god i'm like so fake. like a realist I'm like, person I'm like but, actually um, so fake I, yeah. <laughs> yeah no I, we have the same take on we have the same take on ebony and uh i think i, I don't know if i said it on a previous podcast or not but She's totally an opportunist in a way that's fine because it's kind of like to climb the ladder, you know, in like media, mainstream media, you have to be. She clearly says what she has to say when, you know, it's like she said what she had to say on Fox News. And now that that's, you know, not cool, she is kind of like acting like it was some like psyop sort of thing where she was just in there for like diversity and she had like some big mission statement to like change fox news it's like you just it's just a good job like you're yeah, moving yeah. up with media um, i mean it is the most popular news network in america so like if you do have a yeah. point of view that you want to bring i see no problem going on fox news like i mean if there were people on twitter getting mad about bernie sanders going on fox news i was like this is the this is the only place he should be talking like at all uh, yeah, like exactly. you know what i mean well, they don't, I, I i don't have like i'm not like oh my god what is he 
actually doing on Fox News? Like, this but then when everyone Pete judge or something goes on Fox News, and that's fine. But then if it's like someone like that's like far left goes on, then <laughs> they get in trouble. So it's well, just no like one cares about Pete. He's choose. like actually faker than the both of us combined. Oh, so that's don't crazy. like. Okay, <laughs> literally, you can't get me started on Pete. Like, do you I like Pete? Ha- no, I have <laughs> no, like fucking um, <laughs> big shot with big shot with Bethany. Um, Bethany, we- Bethany, Bethany. <laughs> I've been we trying haven't... to find that clip because it's one of the funniest things that Luann's ever done. It's not on YouTube. It's not anywhere. It's like after she got sober and like Bethany helped her. Like I mean, like Bethany said, like Luann was like naked running through a field away from her, and like they had to like take her to a hospital. And then, then uh, Luann's suddenly in the chair, uh, like getting dressed in like Giovanni, and and someone's like, "Oh, Bethany's like wants to talk." And she's like, "Oh, Bethany, Bethany, Bethany," <laughs> and like I just can't find that sound bite. I guess I'd have to like take it into my own matter uh, and just like find the clip myself, but I'm not willing to do that. However, um, yes, the Bethany show, big shout, Bethany wrapped up. Cried very hard at the finale, but uh, did you actually sorry. cry on the finale? Oh yeah, I, I cry at everything I watch. Mostly, I'm I'm, I'm actually a big softy, um, or I just have like so much emotional baggage it just has to leak out through like just vapid reality. TV. I I cry on I cry on like yeah stupid stuff like movies and everything. Like my dad died recently, and like I didn't even cry. Oh my god, and, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I like recapped the funeral for my podcast, but then if I watch like, <laughs> then if I watch Sorry. like Marley, <laughs> I, have to, I guess I have to tune in and like, and- <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but then if I watch like Marley and Me or something, I'll be like hysterical. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, no, it, it hits us differently. Yeah, I know. As Virgos, um, we like process things. Uh, in our, uh, own our intensity leaks out in, in different ways. Yes. <laughs> um. With Maloxy, you know what? So Maloxy was like, um, yes, this is for every like brown girl. Like, you know, so many people like told me I would never make it. Does that happen in America? Like, do people come up to you and be like, you're brown, you're never going to be anything. Like, your hair's kinky. Like, do people do that in America? Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> people are very cruel here. Um, <clears throat> and also, like, I just thought Maloxy should have won because of like her age. And mm, how much great. she uh, sacrificed to be there. And also, she, like, literally did such a great job. I was so proud of Maloxie. And, like, spoiler alert, she wins. And, like, that's why I cry, because I, like, love her so much. But, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone is, like, put down by uh, their peers constantly if you're deviating even slightly from a norm. That is an unfortunate truth. However, you know, people can kind of milk it a little bit too much in this day and age when like you're old enough to you've gotten past it yeah but it's not my place to say i don't even know if there's anything else to say about big shot with bethany i liked it i didn't think it was a really like a good show but i still like it was still like my favorite but like I yes kind of I, I mean i will watch it. it i will love it um i i feel bad that they had to like spend two months away from their family to film this show that could have been filmed in like a week <laughs> yeah <laughs> Also, why wouldn't Bethany promote one of her two people to that job if they know her so well and they know all the ins and outs? Like, it didn't make any sense. Oh, my God. That's so... I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because like she had the gay looking. guy or... Because, I mean, like, he's age-appropriate. The, the, the young girl, like, she seems like she knows... It's also astonishing to me that people can, like, even run anything associated with Bethany because she seems so intense but like i'm sure every single person does too like remember in like early seasons of roni where like ramona like tried to hire like an assistant and it was like the most grueling 
Uh, do you remember this? I don't even remember that. She's like, do you have a print? Oh, you smell. She like said that someone like smelled bad or like dressed bad and they're like cried. And she's like, what, why is she crying? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like what, what, what why is she still here? You know, it was manic, well, you know, manic with, panic. um, with Bethany though, she's always like, you know, I have a hundred categories and all this. And it's like, most of it's just licensing deals that she wouldn't even have any hands on for. Like most of it's just like, you can put skinny girl on like this tub of like body butter and sell it at the chemist. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's like all these businesses you're running. Correct. And she can easily hire someone to manage all this stuff. One thing that I like didn't understand is how she said that her main seller was, uh, skinny girl shapewear which i don't think is called skinny girl it's like it's is there an, first of all it's like a margarita line like food and and she's saying that like her biggest seller is the shapewear now and i'm like that's that can't be true like it cannot be true because like, i've never heard of it and i'm kind of plugged in she has like stuff in like grocery stores same. all over america not even just like the skinny girl margarita but, like there's like popcorn and like weird like stupid coffee shit now apparently and, like desserts yeah. and little snack bars i'm like so where is this uh shapewear coming from saying and so i'm like okay so then you're fake because you're saying that like this is your biggest thing because now you're on this hbo show and you're you want to promote that product so it's it's fuckery it's lying i don't you know as honest as Bethany thinks she is, she thinks she's so honest. Sorry, I'm going like a polemic right now. That she like has yeah. to cry every time and admit that she's like a fake person. Like when she was wearing that like leather dress, it was like a sort of like it, it like suggested there was like a motorcycle jacket kind of unzipped around it. It was just like so heavy and weird, but like skin tight. She's like, I, this dress like isn't even me. This isn't even me. It's like not me. It's like this dress is. It's not me. Like I, I, I can't believe I have to do this. It's like oh god, it's so hard. Okay, okay, I'm gonna do it. Like uh, this is like it's just not me. Like oh god, I'm like such a teddy bear. Like I can't do it. I'm like Bethany, just fucking fire person. You want to get rid of everyone. I know that you want the show to end. You're so busy. You don't see your daughter that much. I don't think so. Just get, get rid of someone. It's just so much fucking malarkey. Well, she's always saying that running she's around. Like, uh, she always says she's at home in her pajamas, like, 90% of the time. Like, that's obviously not true. Like, you don't sit at home in your pajamas. Like, you're <laughs> always out doing no, stuff. Geez. Do you know from the New York scene? Do you have, like, intel? No, I'm not associated with Bethany at all. No, I'm more of a challenge. <laughs> you don't quite need those circles, honey. <laughs> um, Kendall Jenner's Mexican <laughs> tequila controversy. Did you watch the actual TikTok I sent you, or did you just, like, shut it? I kind of don't watch when people send me TikToks, it feels assaulting. And I'm like, I don't want to see because I need like, okay, here's the thing. If you're going to send me a TikTok, you need to like write a little like one line description of like what it is, because then suddenly I have to be like thrusted into this like one minute universe of like crazy bullshit. And like most of the time I'm not up for it. And I have a friend that sends me TikToks all the time, like literally stop sending me TikToks. So I didn't watch it. However, I'm aware of Kendall Jenner's 818 tequila brand. This was the first I had heard about it. I was, um, by the way, that's good to know with the TikToks. So I'll make sure I give you yeah. a description. Keep next it time. to a minimum, Jacques. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Don't want to like <laughs> spam you. You're upsetting um, me when you do it. Yeah. That's okay. Now you know. I was, you know what? I swear to God, like everyone's like, oh my God, you're so problematic, Shark. Oh my God, like, can you just stop being like racist? Stop being this, stop being that. But like, when these stupid fucking controversies happen, I actually try to look at them with an open mind because I don't want to be like some like old boomer on the hill that's like just reactionary to everything. Like I'll try to like look at it and be like, okay, is there anything to this? And it was so fucking stupid. It was like they were complaining about the filter because they said the filter was racist because they're like, traditionally, this filter's been used to darken the skin color of, you know, minority. I'm like, oh my God, shut up. And yes. they were 
upset with how she was dressed. They said it, they said it was migrant chic. I'm like, that's a vibe. Like, I want to dress like migrant chic. It's so annoying. And this girl on TikTok was like, it's the cultural appropriation for me. She was putting on this voice. I'm like, are you this okay? This is a white girl too. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. She's literally appropriating like African-American vernacular. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What are they calling it now? I don't know. Yeah. But it's yeah, like yeah. she's literally appropriating the way she does not speak like that normally. It's like the way that it's this and that part for me, it's like that part. I'm like, you sound like a fucking maniac. Like you need to calm down. Also, something I like to bring up is like Casamigas tequila. It's like George Clooney and whatever the fuck. And they drink it on the housewives. Denise Richards was like such a fan of Casamigas. That doesn't get any flack. However, Kendall Jenner, cause she outwardly appears like a very weak person. Cause she's always like anxiety makes it so hard to fly in like a private plane to like modeling things. Like I can't do it. She's very easily targeted because she's like the only tall person in like the Kardashian family. And she does seem feeble because like she can't, her modeling isn't strong either. She's there's no, there's nothing strong about her. I mean, maybe when she gets on a horse and rides around, she has to, like, be a strong person. Other than that, <laughs> she's a feeble-minded and bodied person. So, like, no one really cares. You know, Kendall's, like, so she's trying to start a business, which everyone that has a certain amount of money does. Um, they have investors. They do a business. Uh, tequila is hot right now, I guess, or whatever. Who cares? But uh, The branding looks good. I was like, oh, that looks cool. Um, I'm not a liquor guy, but, like, if someone gave me a shot of uh, 818, I would sip it, I guess. I, I just, I don't, it's not my radar of things to get pumped up about or get... I don't drink, so I don't even... What's the what's the drink that people make with tequila? It's like a cocktail and you have it if you, like, go out. Like a margarita? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Doc. Um, a tequila soda, a Paloma, tequila grapefruit juice, seltzer, yeah. There's a lot. But once I get into, like, a... I got in a YouTube hole of, like, if you have, like, really expensive tequila, you just, like, sip it from a shot glass or something. It's, like, classy or some shit. I want to do every that. liquor, it's like good. You, like, sip, you can have it on the rocks. You can have it um, not on the rocks. You just... Some people Whatever. like to sip. drink. It's gross. Um, did you sips. ever drink or did you have, like, a problem that no, stopped I did. or you just never did? I used to get... No. <laughs> I, um... Because you're a teenage runaway. I thought you cut out. Um, yeah, so I used to drink, but I'm like, like, like I said, I'm like zero or a hundred. So when I drink, I'm like, <laughs> like, like, like a Liam McSweeney or something. So it'll be like massive, like white oh, like torches, mess. Like, yeah. I, but um, Kendall Jenner's thing, yeah, it's like fucking. I'm sure there's other white-owned Mexican. I mean, white-owned tequila companies. Like, I'm sure she's not the fucking first one. And Why don't uh, they come for, like, Taco Bell? I don't know. Pick something yeah. else that's, like, actually, like, influential in American culture. I mean, it's, just, like, so easy. So, everyone's doing is low-hanging fruit. It's like, yeah, you make a TikTok about Kendall Jenner. You get some views. You get some followers. It's so exhausting. It's so stupid. Who, I know I what care? it's like. And the thing is, like, literally in the, the, the way that media and culture works, like, when you call someone out, you're just only you're only promoting their business you're promoting their business and like i think it's a hard reality for people to face is like it's only drives their numbers up like i was reading an article about the housewives and how like when giovanni the dress maker was on the show they estimated that that first month to get as much publicity as they did they estimated it was like between 2.2 and 2.5 million dollars of how much they would have had to spend an advertisement to get as much traffic on their website and in stores 2.5 million dollars just for like being mentioned by dorinda like yelling you know it's like (laughs) 
when you make things go viral, like you're just you're making more people see it, and you I think have to recalibrate like what you want to do. Guys, the the audio cut out, so we're like we're back. I can't even remember what the fuck I was saying about Kendall, other than that. Yeah. I don't know. People always target the Kardashians over stupid shit, like their Skims line. It's called Kimono. Kimono's it, you know, like <laughs> change the name. Um, you know, Kylie Jenner braided her hair. Like they always find something with the Kardashians. It's so annoying. Um, there's she's definitely not the only white owned brand. That's for sure. By the way, I was looking into it. She's doing the tequila in like mexico and like mexican family-owned farms there so it's like these fucking americans on tiktok that are like you know it's the appropriation for me if they like canceled 818 tequila like then all these mexicans are gonna like lose their job so well, it's a very um, complicated endeavor in general and like it's it's just like i don't think people know enough about like economics and shit to really comment but like they want to because it seems easy and it's very myopic whereas like if they really thought about how they're getting the rest of their products in their life they'd be even more upset oh, so well, they probably all it's use just Amazon. it's just like grow up and realize that it's like very bleak and very destructive for like the world to exist the way that it is and yes it's unfortunate however I mean, Kendall Jenner's not, like, even on the radar of people that are, like, doing the worst. So, sure, go for her. Go ahead. You know, I don't... And you know, I can't to, care. I can't bring yeah, myself I know. to care. You know what I mean? But, like, to be constructive, I'll say, like, whatever. If you're one of these, like, TikTok people and you're, like, upset about it, just go on TikTok and be, like... Give us some statistics and be like, you know what? It's um, Kendall Jenner has a new tequila line, and it just made me think why it's important to support Mexican-owned businesses because whatever the American capitalist system takes this, you know, two point five billion dollars of Mexican labor, whatever. So this is why you should, you know, here are some Mexican brands you can support. Like do it like that when you're like whinging about like why Kendall's so problematic. You just seem like a loser. Yeah, if you're not okay. offering, if you're creating problems, not offering solutions, it's like, what are you doing? I mean, you know, I was going to ask you about Demi and the Lovato non-binary, but I'm like, is it even? I don't even know if there's anything to say about it. Yeah, like, one is it a wild guess annoying. how I feel about that. <laughs> Her and Courtney Stodden. I know. Just yeah. the fuck the the trauma they've they've endured is just like it's and the fame fame is a very lustrous thing, and so they're like grasping at straws, and it's like guys. I know. Well, it's like, I think that, um, I think you said this on your podcast too. Like, we both think that non binary is like valid and there are non binary people. Like, oh, absolutely. I know like, non binary people and I'm like, you are definitely doing things differently. You're in the, you're not, yeah. I'm, I, I look at a person and I'm like, but not that it's even like up to me. I will say that, like, you know, people are on a, a journey and it's like, my timeline does not need to meet up with someone else's. However, with Demi Lovato and Courtney Stodden, this is like some BPD ho shit where I'm like, no, you're like addicted to fame and you need to have the next thing always to be relevant. You're not culturally relevant to anything. I can name maybe one Demi Lovato song and I'm not sure if it's that song or a Rita Ora song. It's like (laughs) heart to break. What is, I, I don't even know if it's her and it's like, but she's still trending she's in the news she's in my ether she's constantly and it's like oh like this happened to me oh then this happened to me and then this happened i'm like join the fucking club at me i'm sorry you may have had a very hard life you've been compensated by now tremendous very nice how and like you know you know so like 
give us a fucking break. Give our hearts a break. <laughs> if that's even her song, I think it's actually Rita Ora. <laughs> like they're the same well, to me. Well, no, Rita Ora is the next to be non-binary. I'm just so she, sure. She, yeah, she will be for sure. Yeah, um, she will be. It's yeah, it's like the new red string Kabbalah bracelet being non-binary <laughs> now. It's like so ridiculous. You know, bring Kabbalah I mean? back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When's that coming back? Um, HRH is going to do a really beautiful like red. Oh my god! I can, this is my like you know lollipop like red Kabbalah bracelet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, a lot of it, this fucking like non-binary stuff. I swear to blame is that stupid Alok person, what a, I don't know what Alok's last name is, that oh, we need Alok- Who are you talking about? Alok? Alok you know, Alok that he's like- Sorry, I'll use, the, I'll use the right pronouns for Alok because Alok actually looks non-binary. Um, although it's hard because I don't- I'm not used to talking like that. Have you not seen Alok, Alok, whatever? No. Alok is like this- Sounds like you're talking about a bagel right now. I don't know who you're talking no- about. Alok is like this- um, like non-binary kind of internet celebrity that is, you know, like an artist and does slam poetry and uh, okay. has their gender studies thing in their bio on Instagram. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, uh, a lot. It's really. It's, I swear to God, I'm not trying to be like Ben Shapiro, but it's really fucking hard to use a they them. Like I'm sorry, I'm trying. No, it is hard. I'm, I'm trying. No, it is hey, hard. And, and I wish that like certain non-binary people would like realize that it is hard and lean into that instead of being like it's actually not hard because like you can use they in singular all the time we do it all the time like no here's the thing not only just like americans most people in the world like ignore other people and we're so apathetic we're so ambivalent and indifferent to other people's strife and problems that like we don't care how you express yourself so you're not even like a friend to like people can only manage so many people in their lives so for like a complete stranger to make their gender uh presentation so prevalent when it's like not obvious it's it's actually challenging and uh i mean i'm with it enough to be like yeah sure if you're you want if you're like a if you're in i can i I can do they them it's fine like i literally don't care um but like if (laughs) if you're like demi lovato and you're at like a yogurt froyo place like you might get misgendered and you need to have a backbone and roll with it because like no one fucking cares. People walk by homeless people dying on the fucking streets in L.A. There's hundreds of there's like 500,000 homeless people in L.A. And you think that like people are going to care more about like uh, gendering you as a, a multimillionaire uh, singer? <laughs> like you've got to have stop. some like skin in the game, I think, when you're being non-binary too. Like we have to see that whatever. If you're like male, you're like wearing wigs and like switching it around, or you're like you look androgynous. Like you've got to do something like that. You can't just be like I'm hyper feminine, Courtney Stodden, and now today I'm non-binary. It's so it's just insane. Um, it's like I'm non-binary but high femme. I'm like you just yeah. So are- you're just female woman. I mean, well, you've got to look up this alok. I mean, alok is alok, alok. I don't know. How do I even it. spell that, Jacques? A L O K. But okay. Alok is Alok. <laughs> they keep attaching themselves to all these celebrities, and it's in such a kind of like sycophantic like way of um, just trying to worm. It's like very oh. all about Eve and. Alok, like, attaches themselves to these people. Like, I think Alok was behind um, Sam Smith's non-binary thing. And 
they just go from celebrity to celebrity, putting all this non-binary like bullshit in their head, and then they use it to advance their own career. Because so Demi did this podcast. She has she's a podcaster now, 4D with Demi Lovato, and Ooh. she did a she did a whole episode about her like non-binary ism and a was the listen? guest. I listened to like the start of it, and it was just they just kept like complimenting each other, like you are so right, brave. That's all you can do. Like, yeah, because there was like wow, not, they weren't look even talking about. It was, yeah, that's literally all they did for the whole thing. But then I went on Alok's Instagram and, like, the latest post is, um, exciting news. I've been signed to the United Talent Agency worldwide. I'm so thrilled to take my career to the next level. It's like, yeah, you're literally just using, like, Demi Lovato and these people to get, like, management and, like, become a celebrity. Like, it's so fucking gross. Yes, the the social climbing careerism is blinding to me. And uh, it's always been that way. Celebrities used to just once in a while have, like, a pet project like global warming or like oh i don't know like uh, uh, a random country in africa they would like yeah like this is my thing and it went from being like them like having this cause but now the cause is themselves <laughs> and it's so even like more narcissistic and crazy that's like how can you even possibly as a rational thinking person enter their world when like they don't give a shit about you. No one gives a shit about themselves, barely. So it's like, what do they want? What more can they take from us? It's crazy. <laughs> did you watch the Friends reunion trailer? I did. I cried. I don't even really oh, like really? Friends that much. I just was yeah, neither uh, do I. on before Seinfeld when I was a kid, so I'd watch it. Well, I just, oh, here's the thing. I love Lisa Kudrow so much. And if your listeners don't know the comeback with Lisa Kudrow, watch it. Yes, right my, that's like my favorite show ever. So when, when I saw Lisa Goudreau for the first time in a very long time, kind of emoting and acting, I literally just started crying because <laughs> she's one of my favorite. I, I she transcends like actor, writer, director. She is just like a god force. Um, she's so incredible. And then like I think I started kind of crying when like Matthew Perry started to like shudder because he's an addict, and I sympathize with addicts. Um. He's got full on, his mouth tough, looks you know? like a meth. He, he's, he has that meth mouth now that the hillbillies get. He seemed to you know have slimmed down. He got really bloated. Because when he was, like, in the height of his, like, oxy thing, he was, like, he looked like me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if that TikTok girl feels bad now that seeing that he's, like, this broken drug addict. Because that oh, girl that on was TikTok so that, obscene. That was horrible. Do you How dare something? you? You're, you, have a, you have a rich, older actor in the grips of your hands. You're going to, like... You're going to get, like, 60 seconds of, like, you're going to get, like, teens to follow you and they're going to unfollow you when their parents take their phone away from you. (laughs) Like, this is not how you build a foundation for a career if that's what you're gunning for. Sweetheart. Well, do you know okay. that she she works for um, Heidi and Spencer Pratt and she showed them, she showed Spencer the video first and was like, should I post this? And he's like, Yeah. So, like, they were like, let's get some press out of it. And then Spencer was on his podcast, like, shout out to whatever her name is. She's more famous than us now. She got on Daily Mail for outing Matthew Perry. They were, like, loving it. They were like, get the headlines. Okay. I feel like I'm being punked right now. That's insane. I did not. Damn. I I mean, I watched the, the first two episodes of The Hills, whatever. I'm glad to see Spidey back. And I think. Yeah, I love them so much. Um. But I thought they'd left all their old tricks behind, but apparently oh, they have no, not. They still, God, they still got it. 
Spencer's coming on my show at some point. I um, oh yeah, I heard he's not. No, he will. I swear, no, he will. He'll come on. Yeah, but it's like it's gonna be like I've been asking Cat Marnell for like eight months, and she's gonna do it. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a while. But I, it's I don't know. I'm being negative. Spen- no, no, no. Spencer's coming on well, soon. Yeah. No. <laughs> for sure. No, what? So do you mind if I ask you a couple questions about your podcast? Just like yeah, how you get people on. Okay, so let's just like focus on Marlo Hampton specifically. How did you reach out to her? And I want to know like kind of exactly what you said to her to get her on the show. Because there are people like her that I would like like to sort of introduce to my show, but I don't know how to present it. And like, I just want to know because you're a pro. I mean, not that I'm not, but like you are in a different arena we're in similar arenas but like you know what i mean <laughs> okay wait wait. like how would i get marl how would how did you get marl hampton on? that's the question okay wait wait let me let let's wrap this up because it's like 10 hours and then i'll tell you all of that tea um Ugh. and <laughs> no, okay you don't want to like public that's fine that's fine no 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 i can no, i can tell but it's literally like this is and i already know the audio is fucked so <laughs> on the first oh, half no. probably um no dan thank you so much for coming on um like I said, I think you're really hot, and <laughs> I <laughs> I only followed you because I'm like, I want to fuck this guy, but then I'm like, oh my god, he actually has a personality too, and like, I like that vibe. So, tell everyone about Dial Dan and like where they can find you. I'm so glad you learned that my personality is like not worth fucking anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'll still that. fuck your personality. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at dan underscore allegretto and on patreon slash dial underscore dan that's where she the gets underscore real, makes really it a bit it should have just been dial dan without the i think it was but I, too late now well i know there was like a hat just like a hashtag because my twitter handle is hashtag dan it's been that way for 12 years and you know i, I didn't think it would take off so much but now you know i'm, I'm paying the rent and on the you, patreon and uh, i got a lot of illustrious guests yeah, so. your your Patreon is really good. I really like it. I have been, I guess, like the last few months, I feel like I've been, I don't know, I used to listen to a lot of political podcasts. And, you know, since like Biden came in, I really enjoyed Red Scare's vibe towards like politics and stuff of just making fun of everything. Like it's just helped me like not be annoyed by shit. And then I've started listening to kind of like, you know, your podcast too. I listen to Patrick's now and it's just fun. And you just have like friends on and you're not PC and you just kind of say whatever the fuck you want. And I guess because it's kind of a behind a paywall, you can get away with more. And you have, I do like, have three episodes on, on, um, on iTunes and Spotify, but the real juicy ones are are paywalled and yeah shout out red scare like i've i've known anna and dasha before red scare apparently i introduced them but i was like probably drinking a lot the night that i did (laughs) i love the ladies so much um i mean pay for my patreon before there is but like definitely listen to red scare (laughs) yeah they're making like 50 grand a month or something dial dan needs like i need it i need more i need more money (laughs) i know (laughs) jock seriously thank you so much for having me on I, i truly feel honored like i said at the beginning like you've had so many incredible guests on and i'm really honored to be amongst the ranks of them all so from dr drew to dan um (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you that's it for this week guys thanks so much for listening everything you need is in the show notes to follow me and to follow dan remember to share my podcast with everyone and thanks a lot have a great week bye